Wobbly Therapy. We're so glad to have you back. This is Ryan speaking. Hello. And this is the wonderful, amazing Kendall Doran. How about that for an intro? I feel like you really hyped me up there. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. Don't know if I deserve that level of hype, but that's fine. Accept it. Accept it. Take it in. Soak it. Soak it in. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, today we decided that we are going to go and take a a little bit of a deep dive, um, into something that I think a lot of people don't think about when they think about like seeing a therapist or, um, seeking out some sort of like a mental health treatment. And that's like, what, what do you talk about during that first session? What do you ask your therapist? What do you, what do you talk about before your first session? Like, what can you expect? What are going to be those red flags? What are going to be things that you should know about going into it? Um, And how do you know if it's right for you? Like if if that person or or that situation is, is the right fit? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that a lot of people coming into counseling, um, you know, you've already, at least for me, my, my experience was I've already flooded my mind with all of the negatives, all of the things that bad could happen. Um, Mm -hmm. my anxiety has already taken over and has already told me that this is the worst idea I could ever possibly do. (laughs) You're going to fail. Yes. And so (laughs) to have, um, like to, or to be, have a little bit of an expectation of what this process was, would be like, um, and how it would feel to go in and sit in front of a stranger um, and talk about things that I have never talked about before. Um, it's nice to have some type of like roadmap um, into that For first sure. meeting because that's definitely the most awkward meeting, right? Because you're like, hi, it's nice to meet you. Okay, here is everything. Here's my life. Here's everything that I've ever life. thought, felt, and think. Um, and it's it's kind of terrifying at first. So so I think it, it to is. know a little bit of where to start with this process um, is, is pretty helpful. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, even, even going back to what you just said, like a lot of people have this idea or this assumption that like your first session with your therapist you're supposed to go in and just share absolutely everything and that's not true like you you don't have to you know open up and tell them absolutely everything right away I I often have heard of it and tell people to think of it more like you're interviewing someone for a job yeah really what you're doing definitely um you know just like they're your therapist you know, even if they're not actually your therapist yet, the person you're talking to, to see if, you know, you're going to schedule sessions with them, because a lot of times anymore, therapists won't schedule an intake with you immediately. And an intake is just your first session with them, um, where they're getting a lot of basic information about you and your life and getting your history and all that stuff. But a lot of therapists anymore, you know, they won't schedule an intake with you right away. They'll want to do, you know, maybe a short phone call before you schedule that first session to get an idea of what's going on, you know, broadly and determine if, you know, they're going to be a good fit for you, Yeah, but you don't have to give them everything immediately. Yeah. You are, you're hiring this person. Like you are, 
you are the the boss essentially. You're um, the employer in that. Yeah, in that yeah. You're you're, you're hiring this this clinician to come in and and to help you with with what you with what you want changed in your life. Um, and so it's really important to to have a felt sense of safety in that, um, and to know that this person um, is is the right fit for me and and what I want to do and how I want to do that. Um, and that obviously can change and, and it can be hard in the beginning to know how do I want to change? What, what is easier for me to hear, um, coming from this person or that person or, or whatever that the case may be. Um, but it's, it's definitely a, um, learning curve, right? Um, this isn't a normal phone conversation. This isn't a normal, um, sit on the couch, have a beer with your buddies talking about life, you know, moment, right? This is essentially a stranger who is, um, hopefully, (laughs) um, uh, educated in the ways of communicating with you to, um, to, to develop change in your life. Um, so it can feel very different than any other relationship in your life. For Um, sure. For sure. So I think to start, let's, let's kind of go over some of the, the like very basic upfront questions that um, you should ask or, or information that you, you should know or, or get about your therapist or any therapist right, right up front. Yes. Um, and there's, there's a few big things right away. And <laughs> big red flag. <laughs> yes. Number one is license. Yes. I Do they have one? Right. Right. This is very important. It can be very confusing because there are several different licensures. There's several different mm. avenues on how to become a therapist. And I'm saying that with air quotes here. Um, and, and right. so to, to not do a total deep dive and like get everyone confused on like how to become a therapist in so many different ways. Um, it, it's just important to know the basics here that yes. you want somebody who has been educated in the ways of clinical counseling, um, yes. to some and degree. The, the term therapist even is confusing for a lot yes. of people because it's a very broad umbrella term Yes, and you, you can get into like the nitty gritty legal stuff, but essentially, so Ryan and I are trained as therapists and as school counselors, but the, the license that we get um, and would, would fall under to practice um, therapy would be a licensed professional counselor. Um, so you have, and that's, that's considered what's called a protected title, um, which is a legal definition. It's a legal term. Um, so you can't use that title. I can't, you can't call yourself a licensed professional counselor without having the, the training necessary to obtain that actual license. You could get into legal trouble if you do. Um, it'd be like somebody calling themselves um, a doctor without actually being a doctor, right? They can get into legal trouble. Um, but there's also clinical social workers, there's marriage and family therapists, there's psychologists, right? And all those people can practice therapy. They can be therapists. Um, but the, the tricky thing is, or, or the issue is that, so the, I think this is very common or more common, not very common, but more common in counseling as a field is you can call yourself a counselor mm-hmm. and the term counselor is not a protected title. Correct. So anybody yeah, can call themselves a counselor. Yeah. 
And, and so that people get into issues with that one <clears throat> because they'll see, they'll look up or they'll find a, a counselor. Um, I'm using air quotes, like you can see me, but you can't. I know. <laughs> um, but just everybody know who's listening. I used air quotes there. You can be a counselor, quote unquote, um, but not really have any special license to, to practice, you know, the actual treatment of mental health issues, right? To, to be wow. a, a, an actual therapist to provide, you know, clinical therapy. Um, you can just claim to be a counselor. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, get fooled into thinking that they're their, you know, counselor, you know, we'll call them a therapist or whatever is, has specially trained or has some sort of special education or whatever. And they don't. Right. Um, so it's yeah, really, can... really important to know up front is what license does this person have? Are they licensed at all? Yeah. And I think that the place that comes to my mind that, um, can get a little scary sometimes is, is biblical counselors mm -hmm. in the church. Um, and there are some biblical counselors that do have their LPC, their, their licensed professional counselors. Um, and they practice as biblical counselors, which is amazing and wonderful. And that that's an option. Um, but I think that people can call themselves biblical counselors or Christian counselor, yeah. um, and not have any clinical counseling, um, education or, or theology education, to be, to be honest. Um, so yeah. I, I think that's definitely something if, if that's an avenue, if you want to find a Christian counselor, there are LPC Christian counselors out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just to make sure that, um, with your research, um, and finding someone that's going to be a right fit for you, um, that having that, that license, um, is important. Right. Right. Absolutely. And on top of just the basic license, like, are you licensed to practice? Um, the other big thing that is really important to know is if they have any additional certifications or specialties, like my sister, who's a therapist, um, she's a, a clinical counselor. Um, she has additional certifications. She's been practicing for um, quite a few years now, but I mean, she specializes in trauma. She has a specialized certification in the treatment of Tourette's. Um, so you can get these additional specialties and certifications from organizations that you know are additional training to indicate like oh yes i am i am i have my license to practice as a clinician yeah. but i also have additional certification so those are other really important things to know is you know hey do you not only have your license but do you have any additional trainings or certifications that yeah. give you some sort of a specialty that i might want to know about or that might be good for me to know about especially if i'm seeking out treatment for myself or you know, for parents, if they're seeking out a treatment for, you know, one of their kids, that's really important to know as well. Right. Right. And something with the certifications is their certifications for literally everything, almost anything. Um, and, and several different ones for different things. So making sure that that yeah. is that, that specific therapist, um, like I'm just thinking like LGBTQ community, um, that like certification, um, making sure that that is something that you, that it's following your values. Um, if, if that's a therapist certification in that, um, so just making sure that those certifications are lining up with your values and where you hope to be in life. <laughs> right. Well, and I think beyond that too, another issue that people run into is, and, and you can have a license, unfortunately, and do this is you can say you have a, you specialize in anything. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean you have training in that area. Right. Right. And so that's another, I mean, that's a, that's a big reason why 
um, it's really helpful to know if somebody actually has some kind of training in a specific area, if they have an actual certification, because, you know, as a therapist, I could go say that I specialize in treat me, treatment of bipolar disorder. I've mm. never worked with anyone with bipolar disorder. I've never mm. gotten any yeah. specialized training in that, but I can still claim I specialize in it. Right. Um, and so it's really important to know if, you know, they have those trainings and certifications, where they come from. Like who, who is this certification through? Like, yes, you know, you say you have a specialty in the treatment of whatever, or providing this specific, cause there are specialized kinds of therapy that you need certifications in order to actually provide um, a big one. That's really popular right now is EMDR, which is for trauma. Um, and you need a special certification to claim that you have the intense EMDR training. training. But yes, <laughs> yeah. it's a very yeah. comprehensive, very intense training yes. to call yourself an EMDR therapist. Um, and, and so you want to make sure that they, if they are claiming they provide that kind of treatment, that they have that certification and that it's through a, a reputable organization or the actual EMDR organization, um, not just some random online thing you know, that they found online, you know, whatever. So it, you want to make sure that they, they not only have their license, but if they have additional certifications, what they are, where they come from and, and what specialties they might have. Um, that's all really, really important stuff to know upfront, maybe even before you even make the appointment or schedule the yeah. phone call just to know. That's that definitely, definitely first steps. Um, I think with all that, you might be thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be a lot of research. This is a lot of Googling. It's a lot of time on the computer. Yes, it is, but um, it's a really big decision. Yes, and and you've already made the decision to seek out someone, right? Like you've already done the hardest part. You've already claimed that I want to go see a therapist. So, like yep. in that, taking ownership yep. of your health, taking ownership of your mental health, taking ownership of of where you want to see yourself um, change and and develop. Um, that is already the biggest step. Um, so the, this little researching here and there, like that is the little things. Um, so like you, you go girl guy, you got this, like, keep going, like you can do it. Right. And it's Um, just making sure that you're seeing like, yes, you've made that decision to make this big step for yourself. Why not put in a little extra work and make sure people actually knows what they're doing. Right, Right. Right. You know, that's yeah. a big thing. And there's a lot of places that you can find all this information in one spot, right? Okay. Most therapists, if they're, you know, reputable, they'll have a website somewhere mm-hmm. right, that will have a lot of this information or all of it on there. Um, Psychology Today is a really popular website people use that therapists can pay to be on. It's, it's basically a massive online registry of, of therapists and you can put in your zip code and you can filter by insurance and area and what all this stuff. Right. But the on there, they'll have a, most of this information right, right available to you. Um, so those are, I mean, it's really easy. It sounds like a lot, but it's really easy to find most, if not all of this information. Yes. And, and therapists want you to find your therapist, right? Like, um, we want you to be able to, to open up to someone and feel like you're being heard. And if that's not me, if that's not Kendall, if that's not the person you're talking to, like, then I would hope that as a therapist, that they would want you to go and find someone who will be that person for you. Right. Their therapists usually are very good at telling clients or patients or, you know, whatever they call them, um, 
whether or not they're going to be the best person for the client. And so the client, you know, as a client or as a patient, you should be able to go in and say, you know, basically the same thing and determine, is this therapist going to be the best one for me? Right. Um, you have every right to do that. And in fact, it's really important that you tell your therapist if it's not going to be a good fit, you know, early on, because you don't want to get into, you know, six months later and suddenly you dropped however much money, you know, working with this person and you haven't gotten anywhere because it wasn't a great fit or you haven't haven't made a lot of progress because it it wasn't the best fit for you. Um, You don't, don't feel like you owe the therapist anything right away or, or you, have to force it because you don't right um and that kind of goes into the next the next thing is how do you know if it is a good fit yeah if it is the right person that you're working with you know and this and this it is really hard because i think there's many times where you do feel you can feel heard and accepted and 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 you can feel like you're being you're, you can be vulnerable and you can open up to this person which is great all wonderful things and then you have that one session right where the where your therapist is like really pissing you off oh yeah <laughs> where you're like what uh no absolutely that is not me and then you go home and like a few hours later you're like oh crap that is me they were right right like there's gonna be a million moments like that and 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 those are those are good like you want to find somebody who's gonna be able to challenge you and in healthy ways right and and the thing is everybody is looking for something different when they seek out a therapist not every therapist is the same not every client or patient is the same and so it's important to know you know as a client or, or patient what are you looking for out of the experience? Mm-hmm. What do you want out of therapy? Are you looking for that supportive therapy where they're just going to listen to you every week and they're just going to help you, know, you, you work through the different issues that you're facing in your life? Are you looking for maybe some more intensive mental health treatment? Are you looking for somebody who is going to help you with an actual mental illness? You know, that's a really important thing to know going in Um, and then being able to determine or decide for yourself, is this therapist that I just talked to the person that's going to provide me with that service? Yeah. Are they going to actually provide me the thing I'm looking for? And if not, then, okay, well, I need to go look for somebody else. Um, and therapists will ask you, what do you want out of this? What are you looking for? And so it's really important that you also kind of return the favor in a way and ask them, you know, what, what kind of service do you provide, right? Like what, what are you offering me as the client? Because I'm going to be paying you sometimes a lot of money every week or, um, you know, that goes, that sort of little tangent here. Another important thing to ask your therapist is how often they want to see you. Mm-hmm. They think they need to see you um, because it could be every week. It could be multiple times a week. It could be every other week. You know, it just depends. Anyway, mm-hmm. back to what I was saying. Um, you know, it's really important to to be able to ask them, like, how, what, what are you going to provide for me as a client? What kind of treatment or services do you provide? How often should I be seeing you? How long do you envision me seeing you? Right, and being able to kind of navigate through, like, as a client, is that what I want out of therapy right now? Is that is that what I need out of therapy right now? Because maybe it's not. Yeah. That's fine. No, definitely. And I I think another big red flag would be that 
if you go to your first session and your therapist doesn't like go over this in paperwork and um, they have a, a consent form and they, they go over their cancellation policy and their, what insurance they take and, and what happens if you don't show up and like all that stuff. Like if, if your therapist isn't going through that paperwork and being upfront um, and, and having those conversations before you even discuss why right. you're there, you know, um, what has been going on in your life before you even discuss that. Um, that's just a professional, you know, thing, right? Like you just, you want to be with somebody who's going to, um, you know, take care of the business side, um, of things too. Right. Right. And, you know, working with a therapist or the therapeutic relationship in, in most of life, we're used to two-way relationships. Right. And the therapeutic relationship is kind of unique in that Very. it's not, it's not that it's not a two-way relationship, but the emphasis isn't equal. Definitely. The, the point of the relationship is not to meet the needs of both people in that relationship, right? It's to meet the needs right. of the client. And so the emphasis should always be on the client. Um, that said, like you were talking about, if the therapist doesn't give you anything, mm-hmm. right, whether that's physical documentation and actual informed consent, you know, that kind of basic, you know, business pragmatical information. Um, or if you feel like you're just meeting with a robot yeah. and that could be a red flag too, right? Especially yeah. if that's not what you want. If you don't want to feel like you're just kind of going in and going through the motions and, and working with somebody who is following a workbook every week, you know, yeah. Unless that's what you want, mm-hmm. you know, that could be a pretty big red flag. Right. Yeah. I, I think that to, it, it can be really awkward to go into a space and um, that first time, right. And there be paperwork and, it, and then that first time probably does feel a little bit robotic because they're going through paperwork. They're going to read you, you know, this thing they're going to ask if you have questions about their cancellation policy or their, how they, how they charge, how they take their credit cards or what, you know, whatever. Um, and it's going to feel a little, a little stiff, you know, maybe that first time. Um, and, but after that first time, then if, if that first time when all the like businessy stuff happens, if that happens appropriately and correctly and everything gets talked about, then you never have to revisit it again right? Because it was all discussed then. And then you can really dig in deep um, and talk about the other stuff that you really came in for. And you're not wondering, oh, why did my insurance, uh, like, what, what, why did that take that weirdly? Oh, you know, they charged me for that one session that I didn't show up to. And I didn't think that was right. Like all the, you have all these questions, these other businessy questions throughout your process of, of therapy when that probably should have been clarified and talked about that first couple sessions or first session. Right. And it's, it's okay. As you go throughout the throughout therapy and ask those questions, but therapist then can always point back and be like, Oh, well, if you look at the informed consent on page six, yada, 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 right. It's all there and you already discussed it. And they're just reminding you, Oh, Hey, remember when we talked about this, it's right here. This is why that happened. This is why I billed you for that session. You didn't show up to it's because it was the fourth one you didn't show up to. Right. (laughs) You know, there's all these, these things, but it should all be in the informed consent. And then if it's not, then you have 
a conversation with your therapist and say, hey, I was wondering about this and I looked through the informed consent and it wasn't in there. Can we talk about that? Right? Yeah. And they'll say, yes, we should. And they'll talk about it and then they'll revise their informed consent and they'll have you sign a new one that has that question answered in it, right? So there's a process to all this and you're right, that first session might feel a little robotic and it might feel like you're, you know, in a boardroom reading over a legal document because mm -hmm. you are, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it feels weird, but you know, what I would always tell clients in that first session is, hey, this first session is going to be pretty different than a normal session. Definitely. Right. We're going to be going through this big document and this isn't what every session is going to be, right? This isn't what most sessions are going to be, but it's really important that we do this now. Mm -hmm. We're starting on the same page and then we don't have to do all of this as we go. Yeah. I can just, we can focus on, you know, the actual things you're coming to talk to me about. Right. And I, and I mean, uh, and then we, we're going to go back to this probably every single thing that we talk about, but it depends, right? Like I have had clients who I have gone through the informed consent. I've gone over everything. And then five seconds later, you know, I'm like, okay, like we have like about, you know, 10, 15 minutes left of session. Is there like, is there anything you want to bring up? Talk about state. And then they let everything go. Like, you know, they, yeah. they open up and they tell me every single thing about their life in 10 minutes. And it's like, Oh, okay. Wow. Um, it was just great. Like that, that is what they needed to do. Like, thank you. I'm glad that, that we already developed this relationship so quickly. Um, but then I have, and I have, and I have clients who like, it takes weeks to really get them to open up or months, um, to really oh, yeah. get them to feel, um, li like they can talk to me. Like they, like they, um, like that, that the relationship takes time to build, um, and, and open up. And, and sometimes it happens really, really fast. And sometimes it doesn't, um, happen for a while. Um, or, or at all. And then, and then they need to, or, or I do, or as a therapist need to be like, okay, no, I, I, I'm not sure that this relationship, um, is working. Um, and, and maybe we need to help you find someone else, um, that can be that person for you. Um, and that can help you do, or maybe this isn't just the time. Maybe you aren't ready to talk about that trauma that happened to you or, or that thing that's going through. And I think that's an important part of knowing when it is time to see a therapist. Right, right. And I think it's important for therapists to know, because I think this is a really common thing um, that I've, when I've talked to people is for therapists, like, I don't think when I saw my therapist, I, I saw him for about a year. And I don't think at the time I had a real under, or I had a real appreciation for, as a therapist, number one, how hard it is to work with a client who you don't feel like is making a lot of progress. Not that I was that client, but um, I don't think I really appreciated that. I don't think I really appreciated how hard it is as the therapist when you feel like your client has made really good progress and maybe you should consider termination, yeah. right? Stopping therapy. Like as the therapist, it's really hard to make that call, mm -hmm. right? And it's really hard to go to your client and say, hey, either, right? Either there's kind of two ways this happens. It's either you've made a lot of really good progress. And I think maybe we should look at stopping therapy because you've met all your goals and yada, yada, yada. Right. Or it's, Hey, you haven't really made any progress. Yeah. Right? We've been working together for about two months now. You haven't made it. We, I haven't seen really any progress. Right. Right. And I'm wondering if either it's not the right time for therapy for you, and maybe you should take a break and come back sometime in the future, or maybe I'm not the right person. Right, right. Or can help, we can help you find somebody who could be a better fit. Yes. That's a really hard conversation to start 
Definitely. as the therapist. And I don't yeah. think clients really appreciate that as much unless they are also therapists. Yeah. And it, it, it's a weird sit to be a client when you have been the therapist. Yes. Like when I go to therapy, it's, it just like, I will be sitting there and I'll be like, Oh no, I'm being, I'm being a really good client right now. And then like a thought will pop into my head and I'll be like, Oh shoot. Like she said that. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Like I need to say that. Like, you're like, <laughs> I should try that with my client. Right. Like, you know, it's, it's such like a weird space, you know, I guess going to someone who does the same thing as you, um, right. which, well, and that's, which is a very small population of people. I'm sure. That's, um, <laughs> that's another really, as, as far as like, I figuring out if it's going to be a good fit, that, that can be another really good question to ask your therapist is, have you ever been in therapy? Yeah. Do you know what it's like to be in my position? Right. Yeah. No, I, I love that question. Yes. That's a really, it, it's a very different position yes. than being the therapist. And right. if your therapist has not been in therapy, right. That's something that I actually really appreciated about our, our program that we went through is they, they, they require it, but they can't mm-hmm. officially require it because then they'd have to pay for it. <laughs> right. Um, they can't make you go, but they highly, highly suggest you go. <laughs> that you go see a therapist. Yes. For, I think they recommend at least three sessions, six sessions, so. something like that. Okay. Um, of course, I saw my therapist for like a year, but. Yeah, and most people go a lot longer than they yeah. recommend. <laughs> um, but I really, in hindsight, appreciated that because it gave me the ability to have the perspective of what it's like to be the person in the other chair. Yes. Or on the couch, right? right? Because, oh, I know what it's like to be the therapist or to be the client. I mean, you know, I know what it's like to basically be in a position where the assumption is that you're going to share all of your deepest, darkest secrets or, or your really hard things that you've been through or your trauma. Right, right. That's a really awkward place to be in. And unless you've been in that position and you know what it's like, you know how it feels. Yeah. And even the most like empathic person, the most empathic therapist, the best therapist in the world, if they've never been in that position, it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Know what it's like. Right. And so that's a really, in my opinion, at least that's a really important thing to ask them is have you ever been in therapy yourself? Definitely. Right? definitely. I don't need details, but yeah, right. you know but what it's I, like to be in my position. Do you have a therapist? Yes. Is this an, you know, is this important? Like, do you believe in this process like for yourself personally? Like, I think that's really important to know um, and to hold on to like, oh, this person preaches what, or they, right. they do what they preach. Is that the, is they that practice the what they preach? They practice what they preach. Yes. They practice what they preach. I think, I think, I mean, just that's, that's really, really important. Definitely. Um, right. And like, we have a list of questions that therapists um, ask a lot like clients usually. And, Mm -hmm. and like, and like you just said, like when your therapist asks you these questions, I think there's a sense of um, safety knowing that someone has asked them these questions before, and they know what it's like to have someone ask them these questions that they are asking you. I I think that, I think there's a, there's a sense of safety in that. Right. It's like, I'm going to ask you these really sometimes personal, sometimes really intense questions about yourself. Yeah, you're right. There is some sort of weird sense of safety or security, knowing that that person has probably also been asked these questions. That they've done this work before too. That they've that they know and and they understand that it's it's hard. And and you're like, I have no idea. 
you know, what, what that answer is to this question. And they're like, you know what, that's okay. Because I didn't either. Or like, I, like other people don't either. Like, it's okay. Like, um, and, and we're going to figure it out together. Right. I think that's a really, one of the big things that I learned as both a client and as a therapist is that I don't know is a perfectly reasonable answer. Yeah. Because we live in a world where I don't know is the answer most of the time. And we're just too mm-hmm. scared to say it because yeah. we have to have an answer. Right. I don't know is an answer. Yes. Right. Like I would, I, that was one of my favorite things, not favorite. That's a weird way to phrase it, but that was one of the <laughs> things that I would always tell students when they would come to my office and I'd talk to them, you know, they were having some kind of an issue or, you know, they were really upset or really sad or whatever. And I, you know, ask them, hey, what happened? What's going on? Right. And, they would say, I don't know. I say, okay, that's fine. Right. Yeah. That's just kind of the way it is sometimes. Sometimes we genuinely I don't know. know. Right. Especially, okay. especially as like a middle school or like high school and you're like, you're just trying to, f- and nothing right. makes sense. Right. I don't know what I don't know. Right. That's what, what I remember like telling myself in high school. I don't what, know what I don't know. <laughs> what teenager has everything like figured out and they can perfectly articulate exactly why they feel, oh, they feel. Right. like, no, no, it's just not, that's not exactly. <laughs> Right. And so giving them permission to say, I don't know, and have that be an acceptable answer. In a lot of ways, that can be a really freeing for not just a teenager, right? But even an adult who is in that same position and just doesn't know why they're going through what they're going through or why they're thinking or feeling what they are. And definitely, hey, that's fine. Right. Right. Let's let's talk about that. And figure it out. The questions that your therapist is going to bring up to you or, or, or ask you and, and work, work with you through are things that nobody has probably ever asked you. Yeah. And so, and so those things are going to stump you, right? Like you're going to right. be like, what? Like no right. one has ever asked me that before. Like I didn't even think to think that right. Or to feel something about that. And then now you're asking me like what I'm feeling about this. Like I didn't even know that was an issue until five seconds ago, you know, like right. it, it can be a total like mind blowing experience. So it's hard to kind of catch up um, with, mm-hmm. with things that you've never processed before as you're processing them in the moment right? Um, with someone right. different. <laughs> well, sure. And I think honestly though, like, it should feel a little bit like that. And for me, at least in my opinion, it's kind of a red flag. If talking to your therapist doesn't feel like a unique experience. Oh, I like right. That. Like if, if you're talking to your therapist and the questions that you're getting asked and the things that you're talking about don't feel unique or special in some way, right. Mm-hmm. If, if you feel like oh, I'm just, it's like grabbing a beer with a buddy or if it's, it's like just hanging out with one of my girlfriends, it's, nothing like i know i don't have several girlfriends <laughs> i'm just I was like why did you flush on that <laughs> i actually have zero girlfriends anyway um but it's just that experience of like if it just feels like you're hanging out with a friend right yeah. you're talking to somebody it could be anybody right that's kind of a red flag in my book mm-hmm. because talking to your therapist you know it should feel like it should feel different. It should feel unique. It should feel like something that you don't get anywhere else. If it doesn't, then that's kind of an issue for me, at least in my book. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but 
Like I okay. want talking to my therapist to feel. Yeah. I want it to no. Be yeah. I want it. Yeah. I'm again, you're paying for a service, right? You're paying for someone to call you out. You're paying for them to, um, be open and, and let you be vulnerable and, and create a safe space for you. And, right. and those are things that, you know, you hope that your friends can do for you, hope that your parents or, or your loved ones or whatever can do for you too. But it, it's just different. It's a totally different breed of relationship. Right. Um, right. It, yeah, it's just different. And, and you, you want to, it's going to, that different is going to feel really uncomfortable at times and it's going to yeah. stretch you at times for sure. Um, but you want it to feel different than, yeah, grabbing a beer, grabbing a beer with your, your buddy or talking to your mom or going out to dinner with your friends. Like you just, you want that to feel different. Right. It's, it's that kind of thing that like in my, in my mind, it's also like similar to like, when you go see the doctor, you want that to be a unique experience, right? Because yeah. You are a medical professional, you're trained, you are here to diagnose and treat illness. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't feel the same as going and talking to your neighbor next door and being like, hey, I have this thing on my arm. What is that? Right? Like, unless they're a doctor, you know, and then you expect them to give you medical input, right? But it shouldn't feel the same when you go see your doctor as when you go talk to your next door neighbor who is an accountant. Yeah. Same when you go talk to your therapist, right? It should feel like you're talking to somebody who's an expert in what they do. Yeah. Right. And it should, yes, there's a lot of like additional stuff there, right? It shouldn't feel like you're talking to a robot or whatever. Um, But it's, it should feel different than, you know, all those other examples that we, that we gave. Um, And that's a good thing. And if it doesn't feel that way, then maybe that's an issue. Yeah. It's something to definitely reflect on if, if not adjust, um, a therapist for sure. Um, so we have a list from uh, psych central and these are 10 things, um, that your therapist, um, commonly ask clients. Um, and this is usually things that you're, that you're going to hear from therapists, like right off the bat, if not pre pre first session. Um, I know a lot of counselors, um, or therapists, they, uh, send out a like questionnaire forms before they even meet with people. Um, and and part of the intake form, they'll, you know, they'll send you the informed consent, but they'll also send you sometimes an intake. Yeah. And a a lot of the questions on this list do feel like informed, like do feel like a, um, first session or pre-session, um, questions. Um, it's, it's what brings you here, you know, and that's usually like a little short summary about, you know, maybe your, my high anxiety and how that's affecting me or, you know, a, a maybe grief or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, very I quick synopsis. Why are you looking for a therapist right now? Question. Yes. And um, have you seen a counselor before? I think this is really important as a therapist to know, um, what is your understanding of seeing someone and sitting in this space and being in a relationship like this? Yeah. Um, cause it can take, it can take a few sessions to feel comfortable, um, with someone new, mm-hmm. uh, but it can take a little longer if you've never even been in that kind of situation before. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's really important to know, like, have you ever been in this position? Do you, do you have a, a almost like a frame of reference? Do you have a frame of reference for what this is like? Mm -hmm. Um, because if not, then as a therapist, not only is it my job to provide you with that service, that treatment, but it's also kind of my job to orient you to what this whole experience is like. Yes. 
yeah, bring you along for this new experience. Definitely. Yeah. Um, number three is what is the pro what is the problem from your viewpoint? Um, so kind of going back to number one, like what brings you here? Um, but it it could be, I think some people come to counseling because maybe mom and dad said something and they're like, okay, maybe I do need to say, or their their spouse said something, or their friends have been saying something. Um, but maybe you yourself have not quite figured out why you should be there, you know, and maybe you're like, okay, like I, you know, the, I've had enough people in my life tell me I should go see a therapist. So I'm going to go see a therapist. Um, but being able to, to kind of communicate that in a way of like, okay, but I haven't quite understood why I'm here. Um, right. Right. It's the like, see that. well, it's, it's going back, like you said, to number one of like, what brings you here? Number three is, all right, you told me why you're here now give me the information on like, why do you think that's going on? Why do you think that's happening? Yeah, yeah. Right? You've a little bit more deep. Is, why do you think the issue is happening? Or why do you think it is an issue? Uh, that's also really important information. Yeah, and number four is how does this problem typically make you feel? Um, I think, again, this is just more of a deep dive into number one, um, what what are those feelings around um, this this the, the, the problem that you're, that you're feeling, um, is bringing you into counseling that that's seek, that's making you seek out the therapist. Um, number five is what makes the problem better. Um, I think this can be a really good place to start, especially your first couple of sessions. Um, what is, what are those little things, if anything, at this point, that's, that's making you feel better. Is it going to dinner with a friend and, and not even talking about whatever it is. Um, but having that relationship, building that relationship with other people, or is it going to bed early or it, I mean, there's so many, so many things that even little things that we can find that maybe make this problem a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Number six, if you could wave a magic wand, what positive changes would you make happen in your life? Um, it's a miracle question. Therapy, we call it the miracle question, right? It's yeah. if you woke up tomorrow and everything was exactly the way you wanted it, if everything was fixed, if all your issues were gone, what would it look like? Mm-hmm. You know, what would be different? Um, I love asking this question, especially to younger kids, mm-hmm. because a lot of times they have no answer to it. Right. It's hard. It's it, Again, it's one of those questions that nobody asks, right? Like right. nobody in your life is just going to ask you this question. Right. Because I think and this is just kind of human nature. Mm-hmm. I'm hyper fixated on our problems. Right. Um, and we, we focus all our energy on that stuff, but we never think about solutions or if those problems weren't there, yeah. right? what would it look like? What, what if there were no problems? What would that look like? Um, And so this is a really, really cool question, a really cool way to get at like, hey, let's think about that for a second. Yeah, yeah. Number seven is overall, how would you describe your mood? Um, I have seen this question um, on on one of our um, informed or our in, what is the word I'm looking for? Anyway, the the form that you fell at the beginning, um, I- Intake form. Yes. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I could not think of that word. Um, intake form. Um, this, this is like a list of feelings and like, we like circle the ones that you've been feeling or like, or the issues that you've been having, or like the, or like, this is like asking your mood. Um, I, and I think that that can be helpful in, in just knowing like kind of just a broad, like 
are you a bubbly, bubbly person that maybe is having a lot of anxiety or are you someone who's got like maybe a low, um, is quieter, you know, uh, more introverted, um, that's having some other issues or, or it does have a lot of anxiety or whatever. I'm um, just kind right. of knowing that personality, um, a little bit before meeting can be really helpful. For sure. Right. It's, it, it also, I, it just kind of helps your therapist get a baseline yeah. Or like how, how you're understanding how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it also, it's again, one of those questions you don't think about a lot. It kind of gets yeah. the client to reflect a little bit on like, how would I describe how I'm feeling? <laughs> like, how am I feeling? You know, um, it, it can be a really helpful kind of reflective question in that way too. Yeah. And what do you expect from the counseling process? I think this can also be a really reflective, really reflective uh, question. And, and, and knowing like kind of giving your, as a therapist, you get to um, know what the client's expectation is of you um, and of the process. And then if it's kind of like a very different viewpoint than maybe that your therapist has on the counseling process or things, then maybe that could be a great place to start your conversation of, okay, like, Maybe these are some um, expectations that I have your therapist has for you. Um, maybe we don't line up like that. Or how can I, how can we talk through these expectations and, and find some common ground and, and base our goals and stuff off of those? Um, and, and then we aren't feeling um, upset or discouraged after several sessions when things maybe haven't happened exactly the way that we were expecting in the beginning. Right. One thing I always told clients and what I tell students all the time is I I can't fix you yeah I'm not here to help you quote fix your problems right Right? my job isn't to give you a cure or a magical solution Um, and so it's really important to work with them on understanding like what are you expecting here what do you want out of this yeah back to what we were saying earlier of like when you're trying to figure out if you found a good therapist or when you're looking for that good fit like what, what are you as a client, what are you expecting here? What do you want out of this? Right. And is this therapist going to be the person that's going to give that to you? Yeah. I like this next question. What would it take to make you feel more content, happier, or satisfied or and more satisfied? And this this is a great scaling question, like on zero to 10, like how content are you with life right now? Um, how, how are like zero to 10, how are you sleeping? You know, knowing, I think having, again, that baseline, knowing where we're starting um, and then being able to have a conversation of, well, where, where do you want to be in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a year? Um, how, how, where do you see yourself? How, how do you, how malleable do you think this scale is? Like, is this, does this every night? Is this once a week? Um, like how, um, how are you feeling day to day? And getting that baseline can be really, when, really, really helpful. One of my, like, when, when I have used scaling questions before, a lot of the times I'll ask too, like, hey, where do you see yourself now? Okay, you're at a, let's say, you know, mood, right? Or let's talk about anxiety. What's your anxiety at? You know, you're, okay, your anxiety is at a, an eight, right? What, is, what does a seven look like? Yeah. And what would it take? Okay, a seven you know, or six or whatever. Okay. Now that's what it looks like. What, what do you think it would take to get you to a seven? Right. And you don't want to move it too far. You don't want to be like, okay, what does a two look like? Right. That's too far. Um, for, for most clients to be able to really figure out, you know, okay, well, 
if I'm at an eight, then a two would probably have to look like that's it's too much of a jump. So just getting him to move down one, right? Okay, that this is an eight. A seven would be a little bit less than this, so might look like this. And these are things that might help me get there. Um, but another question I like to ask too is, what number would you have to be at? This is a lot of times I use this with students. Um, is you know, oh, you're at a you're at a seven, right? You know, your anxiety is really, really high. You don't feel like you can be in class. Okay, what number do you think you'd have to be at to feel like you can go back to class? Yeah. Right, like yeah. what's gonna be, or even with clients, if you're operating clinically, you know, where do you think you'd have to be to feel like you've made really good progress? Mm -hmm. Or feel like you could consider, you know, stopping therapy? Yeah. Um, you know, or taking a break or whatever, like where, what's kind of your goal here? What's your goal to be at? Because if most of the time, most days of the week, you know, you're at a, an eight, then what's your goal here? You know, to, to tell yourself, okay, if I get to a three, if I can be at a three most days of the week, most weeks out of the year, then that might be my number to say, okay, I think I'm ready to stop therapy for a while, you know? And I think that can be a really good way of number one goal setting, but also giving them like some sort of a, a frame of reference or help them figure out like where, where they want to be and kind of set up um, almost like milestones or, or smaller goals to help them get there. Definitely. Yeah. And I, number 10 is, do you consider yourself to have a low average or high interpersonal IQ? Um, this is like rate your communication skills, negative, neutral, positive, how, um, well, do you get along with your life partner? Do you love, um, love your life partner? Um, I mean, just really, um, again, digging deeper into those interpersonal relationships and understanding your clients better and, and, and helping your client understand themselves better. Um, because again, these are questions they've probably haven't been asked before. Right. And so as they're processing these, as they're going, these are great first steps, um, as a client to learn about yourself. Um, and, and at the bottom of this list, I love it. It says emotional intimacy is created when you know the honest answers to the questions above. Right. Right. It's it, that last question I think is one that a lot of people, because of probably the way it's written, it might sound a little weird, but as a therapist, I think it's really helpful to know how well my client interacts with people. Yes. Right. How well are you, how good are you at just being with people and working with people and talking to people and yeah. being in relationship with people, right? Because it helps me as a therapist know how I need to best interact with you. Right. Help you move towards the goals and the progress that you want to. Yeah. And those would also be great scaling questions like, well, okay, you know, you are feeling really, really connected to your partner right now, or you're not feeling connected to your partner right now. Like how, or where would you want to be? you know, how are, where are you with your friends groups? Like, would you like to spend more time with them? Like, and understanding their basis for, for their need, for their desires, their wants to build relational connections, because essentially, um, helping our clients build relationships outside of counseling is going to be the best healing for them. Right. Because the, the biggest factor in whether or not therapy is going to work for any client is going to be the quality of the therapeutic relationship. And I think it's really important that as a client, you kind of go into it knowing that too, that like, 
Yes. All of those other things we talked about matter, the qualifications, the license, all that stuff matters. But the most important thing beyond all that stuff, when you're thinking about, am I going to make the progress or get out of therapy, what I want out of it, the most important thing is how good your relationship is with your therapist. That's why it's so important that you make sure that you have the connection and the relationship with your therapist that you're looking for and that you want because all that other stuff will mean significantly less if you don't have that connection. Yeah. And your therapist wants that connection. Like we know that that is how change happens. Like I, I personally believe like God made us to be um, relational beings and to develop and to grow and to change in life, we need to have relationships and we need to have connection. Um, and again, a therapeutic relationship is so different than any other relationship. Um, and it's like, almost like a, like quick, um, like relationship growth, because that is what you were doing. Like for an hour a week, most of the time, like you were just pressing into this relationship and digging into the tough stuff and, and, and creating this safe, um, and, and open, um, space, um, to process these tough things that, that we haven't had an opportunity to process most of the time in life, um, in, in a general form. Um, so I just, I don't know, I get, I get excited. I teary eyed and, uh-huh. and just very passionate about the therapeutic process because I just believe wholeheartedly that it works and that there's a, um, universality to, um, to connection and to relationship and then the power of that. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a very unique and special kind of relationship. And again, that's why it's so important that when you're looking for this, when you're investing in it, when you're going to be spending money on it, yeah, you make sure that it's, it's right. And, and time and time, a lot of time and energy, um, into, into this. For yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. We're going to wrap it up here, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we appreciate all of your your support and those of you who listen please go check us out on instagram at probably therapy um ryan is our social media guru and she posts stuff on there um so don't blame me for it if you don't like it it's really sorry i'll apologize right now (laughs) (laughs) um well thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time thanks guys bye